Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Potentially, and again, it's possible that you could be spending a lot of time here if you're active, but as a past investor, you could be spending the least amount of time by paying the least amount of taxes. Best ever listeners, I'm proud to announce many masterminds as a component of this year's best ever conference. This year's best ever conference is virtual. So we've added something that we've never done before. And I'm confident you're going to get a lot of value from it. When you join the best ever conference, you will be thoughtfully placed into a mini mastermind group. And to give you an idea of what these mini masterminds are, it's going to be about six to eight people, fellow Best Ever attendees. And if you've attended the Best Ever conference, you know that the quality of attendees is very high. And we have experienced investors who are also good people. I'm sure there's some bad people out there, but I've never come across them at the conference. They're people who want to help and people who want to network and people who are successful already in commercial real estate. So you'll want to be a part of these mini masterminds. And in these mini masterminds, we're going to thoughtfully place you in a group with other attendees. And you're going to have different meetings virtually with them. And we're going to help facilitate those meetings. So they're going to be all around a topic, and each of the masterminds will have a different topic. For example, one mastermind, you'll talk about what resources, relationships, investments, etc. have made the biggest difference in your life, and what do you think you're missing for that next big life change or that next big milestone in business. So we're going to prompt your mini mastermind group with a topic, and then you all will discuss And we'll do that for seven mini mastermind sessions. So you're going to get to know other attendees really well. And you're going to get the maximum amount of networking opportunities to go deep with people. Because ultimately what I found out is the more people I know is beneficial. But what really moves the needle on business is going deep with a select number of people and really establishing substantive relationships with them. So go to BEC2021.com, sign up for the Best Ever Conference, get thoughtfully placed in the mini mastermind group as a result of that. Mini masterminds are going to start November 1st 
And when you sign up now, you're going to lock in the best price because prices go up each week. And on top of this, I'm going to give you a code so that you can get 10% off. And that is MYBEC10. So when you sign up at BEC2021.com, put in the code MYMYBEC10, the number 10, and you'll get an additional 10% off. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and we're back with the Actively Passive Investing Show with Travis Watts. Travis, how are you today? Theo, doing great, man. Happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you for joining me yet again. And today's topic is going to be the cash flow quadrant. So I'd probably say that 25% of the people I interview, when I ask them what their best ever book is, it's some Kiyosaki book. And so I'm sure everyone listening is familiar with Robert Kiyosaki. So this concept, the cash flow quadrant, is based off of his book, Cash Flow Quadrant. And I'm pretty sure he, at the very least, introduces it in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So we're going to go over what each of these quadrants mean and the overall quadrant works and how you can apply that to your actively passive investing business. So Travis wrote this very detailed blog post on it. He is the experts between the two of us. So I'll let him start and maybe talk about his background and how he was introduced to this concept in the first place. Yeah, you bet, Theo. First of all, have you read this book, Theo? No, I've not read the full book. I've read Richard Poor Dad, but not the Cashflow Quadrant. Sure. All right. Well, for those familiar with my story, my mind started to open to this world of real estate investing through one of Kiyosaki's books. It was not this book. It was called Rich Dad Prophecy, written around the year 2000, give or take. The Cashflow Quadrant that I have here up on the screen, that was the second book. So Rich Dad Poor Dad came out, I think, in 1997. This may have been 98, 99 and just before prophecy. So it's kind of the sequel, if you will. That's how Robert Kiyosaki describes it. It's the sequel to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So what he's talking about here, as you can see up on the screen, if you're tuning in on YouTube, is you've got the ESBI. So there's four quadrants. And what that symbolizes is there's four ways to make money, essentially, in our society. You can be an employee, which is the E. You can be self-employed, small business owner, specialist, doctor, dentist, that kind of stuff. That's an S. You can be a B, which is a big business owner. That'd be 500 or more employees. So these are usually your corporations. And then an I would be a professional investor. Okay, so not putting money into a 401k per se, but actually being a professional real estate investor, oil and gas, self-storage, whatever. So those are the four ways. And what was amazing about this is I started studying taxes at a certain point and I started to understand the tax implications. And that's really what my blog post goes into. And with the disclaimer, I'm not a CPA or a tax advisor or a tax professional, but I'm basically just taking the information out of the book and relaying it there in the blog post. And as we talked about last time, Theo, about the speed reading, if you will, 
the point of this today is just to condense timeframes. Yes, you can go out there and you can buy this book and you can go spend a month or two reading it, or you can just spend 10, 15 minutes here and kind of get the gist of it and the takeaways. So that's the value that I'm trying to create. So let's talk about the taxes here. And this is really what changed my whole trajectory is how I earn income. And this happened many years ago, but I've been on a pursuit in a whole different direction. So I was at one point, Again, those that listen to my podcast and things, I was in the oil field. So I was working a ton of hours as an employee, and that was essentially the bulk of my income by a long shot. Now, I was also self-employed to an extent because I was fixing and flipping houses and doing that kind of stuff, running a vacation rental. So I certainly didn't have 500 plus employees, but I was self-employed. And you could also say in some regard, I was an investor, though at the time I wouldn't have said I was a professional investor. (laughs) So I was dumping money into 401ks and IRAs and things like that. So you can be in all these quadrants, you can be in one quadrant, whatever. But here's kind of the tax side of it. I'll run through really quick. So an employee, if you really run the numbers, which I do in the blog, an employee is usually and on average talking about the whole United States paying roughly 40% of their earned income in taxes. Now that's a combination of your federal tax brackets, your state tax if applicable, and then also the social security and Medicare. I'm not including other forms of taxes like property tax or sales tax in your states, stuff like that. So it could be higher, but roughly 40%. And as a self-employed, believe it or not, actually the highest taxes paid come from self-employed individuals. And the reason is when you're an employee, you're getting half of your social security and half of your Medicare paid by your employer, number one. And as you're a self-employed individual, you're paying 100% of all of those taxes. In addition to statistically speaking, self-employed individuals often earn more income. So you're probably going to be in a higher tax bracket in addition to both of those. So Kiyosaki points out this could be roughly 60% of your total earned income and taxes, which is just crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I I did not know that before reading this blog post. (laughs) And it gets crazier if you look at states like New York or say California is the classic example. High income earners in the S quadrant could be paying 13.3% state income tax, almost 40% at the federal level, and then all of the Social Security and Medicare, it could be higher. So crazy to think about. Now, the B quadrant. So in 2017, I don't think this is in the book because this was the Jobs and Cares Act that got passed. They took C corporations and gave them a flat rate tax. It's 21%. So that may be temporary, but even historically speaking, when Kiyosaki wrote this book back in 1999, he says B quadrants, roughly 20% tax. So significantly lower. And a C corp, for those that may not know, that's usually your big corporation, your Apple and Google and Facebook. They're usually structured as a C corp. You see more of the S corp structure as you get into the S quadrant. And a lot of folks are operating just as a sole proprietor, also in the S quadrant, just their individual names. So in the I quadrant, this is what blew my mind. He claims that it's possible to have 0% tax owed legally. Okay. And again, this is why a lot of the real estate gurus out there, or the not to be political, but the Donald Trumps and whatnot, can legally pay 0% in tax as real estate professionals. And that was mind boggling to think that 
Here I was thinking I was going to be real smart one day money-wise and be in the S quadrant making bukus of money or whatever, but I'd be paying so much in tax. It'd be insane. I could literally make half as much in the I quadrant and come out ahead. So how that happens, we can take, since this is best ever community here, actively passive show, we'll talk about real estate real quick. So the way that you pay 0% in tax is because we have depreciation advantages to real estate. And not only just the straight line, 27.5 years in a lot of cases, but we have bonus depreciation that comes from doing these cost segregation studies. And again, 2017, Jobs and Cares Act passed. And you can take these lifespans of certain items in your property, the ceiling fans and electrical and the trees, the landscaping, you can itemize this stuff out and you can do an accelerated appreciation, often all in year one. So it's very possible when you invest in a piece of real estate, let's say you're earning some cash flow, you've got $10,000 in cash flow that you received. Well, you might have losses on paper of 20,000 or 30,000 or something like that. That can be used to offset that, hence the 0% tax and or carried forward. And in rare cases, if you're a real estate professional, you can actually offset earned income as well with passive losses. So not going to get in the weeds with that. Not a CPA, not a tax advisor. Please seek your own licensed professionals there. But did want to point that out. That's how that happens. Additionally, let's talk about stocks because a lot of people invest in stocks. So when you have long-term capital gains, so you bought into an ETF or stock or something and you've held it more than 12 months and you go to sell it, that's a long-term capital gain. I think, don't quote me on this, but I think for like a married couple right now, you could earn up to almost $80,000 doing investing that way and pay 0% in tax, which is pretty incredible. So a lot of different ways. There's a good book called Tax-Free Wealth. It's Tom Wheelwright's book. Check that out if you want to dig a little deeper. And of course, seek out your own CPA and advice there. But that is it in a nutshell. So what happened, back to my story real quick. I decided instead of going from E to S, which was really my life plan at that time, I decided to go from E to I. So today I'm a professional investor. The bulk of my income is coming from the I quadrant. Now, that being said, I do earn income a little bit in the S quadrant and in the E quadrant, but the majority is from I. So just learning the simple stuff, a book like this that's 20 bucks can literally save you tens of thousands of dollars, not only sometimes in the first year, but for the rest of your working career. So it's really worthwhile to dig into certain topics like this and then leverage the experts to help you out kind of on your own business plan. So no, I've been rambling for a while, but that's kind of the gist of it and what the blog's about in the book. Yeah. Thanks for saying that, Travis. So you, you did mention one thing that I wanted to follow up on was the depreciation and the cost segregation and yep. There's depreciation recapture, there's bonus depreciation. So we actually wrote a blog post. Again, we're not tax experts. So this is just general advice, but it's called the five tax factors when passively investing in apartment syndications. So it kind of goes into more detail on what Travis was talking about. And we toss in some examples with real numbers. You kind of understand what the differences are between regular depreciation and accelerated or cost segregation and when you'll have to pay taxes on recaptured depreciation on the back end and which I was talking about with the bonus depreciation for the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So obviously the tax aspects of the I are the best, but at the same time, this is the actively passive show. So I wanted to briefly talk about the time investment associated with all of these. So surprisingly, kind of reading through your blog post, not only is 
the S quadrant, the greatest tax cost, but it could potentially be the greatest time investment as well. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the greatest time investment is going to be between the S and the B. But depending on what type of B you are, as you mentioned your blog post, it could be relatively passive, right? It's like, for example, I'll talk to some people who obviously invest in real estate, but they'll have some other business on the side, like consulting or something. And then they'll hire a bunch of employees under them and they'll be a high level CEO guy. And they've got people that are running the day-to-day aspects of the business. So not necessarily working that much where if you're kind of self-employed, you're the person. When you're employed, sure, you need to work your hours, but when you're self-employed, you're the guy or you're the girl. You don't need to do everything. So not only self-employed, the greatest tax hit, but it's also the greatest time investment. Whereas on the flip side, the I has the greatest tax benefit and also potentially, and again, it's possible that you could be spending a lot of time here if you're active, but as a past investor, you could be spending the least amount of time by paying the least amount of taxes. So I did want to mention that as well. Exactly. And that's a famous quote Warren Buffett talks about. If you don't learn how to earn income in your sleep, then you'll work till the day you die, which is a bit extreme. But to your point, so the S and the B, big difference there is the S is the operator. To your point, you're a plumber, you're an electrician, you're a speaker, it's you. You're the business. But on the B quadrant, you're the owner of the business, to your point, so that you can walk away from the business and it continues earning income for you. So yes, absolutely. As you can see, if you're not already familiar with this cash flow quadrant, you've got to get over to the right side of the quadrant, the B and I. It's tough to make a leap over to B from S. I would say most people have probably the best chance at getting into the I quadrant because you literally can do that with $10. Just buy a share of a stock or something and you're already there in the quadrant. And then just keep building on to it. It's not to say you should only be an I or you should only be a B. Like I said, I'm virtually in all quadrants except for B. So extremely helpful to start thinking about tax implications because, again, it's kind of a compounding effect. If you learn about taxes, say, when you were 20 and you start implementing this stuff, well, you're going to be decades ahead of most people. And that savings can compound into more investing and it's going to have the biggest impact. If you're listening to this today and you're 85 years old, well, you can still make changes. It's not too late, but it's not going to have as big of an impact, obviously. Yeah, and I think it's also important that we talked about how, I wouldn't say it's a drawback, but one of the prerequisites to being in the I is you need to actually have money. And so sure, you could start with $10, but you're not going to live off of $10. So it's right. not like you're going to hear that every single person listening to this episode right now is going to quit their job and jump into the I and make a million dollars. Obviously, that's not the case. So just Travis mentioned, the goal is to be more on the right side, the B and the I and less on the E and S. And maybe ultimately is being completely on the B and the I. But the first thing is becoming aware that this type of quadrant exists. And then as Travis mentioned, it's a compounding effect. So figure out how much money you can save each month or each year from your E or S job to put into I and then do that for, depending on how much money you have, a, a few years or five years, 10 years, whatever then you can start to pull back from the E and the S. I think that's a key here is that you need to, in a sense, use the E and the S to get to the I. And the I in regard to passive investing, obviously you don't need to do this for active investing. So this is not an active investing part of the show, but 
or pass investing, you need that capital to invest. That's a good point. And something to point out too is this cash flow quadrant is just more or less a generalization. There are ways and strategies as a self-employed individual to save on taxes with your home office deductions and your car expenses and your commutes and your mileage. There's definitely ways to offset, right? There's also choices to be made about, like we talked about with state income tax. You could leave a state with 13% state tax to go to Florida, go to Wyoming, wherever, go to a no tax state and save that too. So it doesn't mean that when you're an S, you do pay 60% in tax. That's not true, but it's a generalization that a lot of folks do for the reasons that we pointed out. So just know that. And also one more thing on the S quadrant, you could learn to operate like a big business. You could do the same strategies that you could elect to be taxed as a C-Corp if you want. There's things that you could do to pay that 21% tax, things like that. So again, not a CPA or tax professional, but things that you can do there. Now with the I, you mentioned passive investing. That's true. And having a single family buy and hold specifically, a buy and hold, some would say that's passive. Others would say it's not, but regardless, that's what would qualify you for the I quadrant because it's mostly hands-off. Now, if you're flipping houses like I used to do, you're not an I. (laughs) You may think that you're investing, but that's not true. You're in the S. You're actually self-employed. This is now a business that you're putting a lot of time into. So you actually fall into the S because also you're earning, by the way, short-term capital gains, which go into the regular tax brackets of federal income, right? So you're not going to fall into long-term capital gains if you're doing flips, for example, or wholesaling or any active business in real estate. So something else to think about. So people who are essentially holding on to their investments longer than a year, right? Until you start experiencing capital gains tax, that would be considered an I, or is it only people who do that and aren't spending a lot of time doing it? Like if I'm a buy and hold person who's buying 20 deals a year, that's going to be a large time investment. So would that be considered an I or is that considered an S? Wait, say it one more time. Sorry. Is it just the tax benefits that determines which one you're in or is it also the time investment? The way I look at it, you'd have to go into greater detail in the book to see exactly how he defines this. The way I look at it is A, a longer term approach to investing because of the tax advantages that go with it. If you're really striving to do the 0% or up to, let's say, I think it's 15% after that, but it's still capped when Mm -hmm. we're talking long term gains. That's the biggest thing, right? Anytime you're actively doing a business, spending a lot of time on it, then you're going to be an S in that situation. Now, the reason that Kiyosaki excludes 401ks and IRAs is because that's not a tax advantaged strategy. That's a tax deferral strategy. So if you weren't aware, anybody listening, a pre-tax 401k, a pre-tax IRA, when you finally do go to pull that money out, assuming you're over the age of 59 and a half, when the IRS says you can pull that money, you're actually taxed as ordinary earned income, which is quite crazy to think about because the investments you hold, if you were otherwise to hold those investments, say in a brokerage account, not an IRA account, you would be paying zero to 15% tax in most cases on the gains. But instead, you may be paying up to 40 to 50% in taxes by kicking the can down the road and taking it later. We're not even going to get into early withdrawals, which statistically most people will pull that money out early anyway and pay a 10% penalty on top of that tax. So it can get really ugly in those accounts. 
And that's why he doesn't consider that a professional investor because it's a very seamless thing. Comes out of your paycheck, goes in there. You're not usually being very active with a 401k or something. Got it. So I would say from the perspective of our listeners, it'd be kind of broken into two categories. So it's the people who are in an E or an S or they are in an I. And so if you're in the E or the S, you're working a full-time job at a corporation or as you mentioned, dentist, doctor as their own company, then you'll want to kind of transition into the I. And then if you're an I and you're a long-term hold investor, from there, you're already experiencing the tax benefits. So from there, the advantage would be reducing the time investment. And so that'd be transitioning from more of the active I to the passive I. Yep. And so many folks, I guess, subliminally pick up on this concept without even knowing about this book, because coincidentally, there are a ton of S's that are doctors, dentists, lawyers, attorneys that invest professionally in these apartment syndications, private placements, or just real estate in general. And the reason that they're really after that is for the tax advantages. And again, not to go too deep into the tax stuff, but you can learn how to become a real estate professional in some cases, or even as a married couple, maybe the spouse, stay-at-home husband or wife, whatever the situation may be, the non-worker could be managing the single family portfolio, Mm -hmm. could be putting in more than 750 hours a year. It could be their primary focus. If you can qualify working with your CPA as a real estate professional, it is possible to take these passive losses that we talk about from depreciation and bonus depreciation, cost segregation, take that stuff and apply it against your self-employed income or your employee income. So it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. We're not the professionals here on the subject, but I just want to open Mm -hmm. everybody's mind to this concept and idea. If you weren't familiar with the book already or to reiterate, Hey, maybe it's time to reread that book. It's been 10 years. So hopefully that's helpful just as a concept for people here on this episode. Yeah, but very helpful to me too, because I'm pretty sure I'm getting the cash flow quadrant and then the assets and liability thing mixed up. So I don't think this was in rich dead poor. It might have been, but what I was thinking of was the liability versus assets. So all right, Travis, well, another solid episode. Thanks for joining me and sharing your wisdom on the cash flow quadrant on this actively passive investing show episode. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Hope this was valuable. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo. Thanks, everybody. Here's the problem with virtual events. You don't get to connect with others in the way that you would for in-person events. So with this year's Best Ever Conference, it is virtual and we're fixing that problem. We are introducing many masterminds where you're going to get to know six to eight real estate investors who are accomplished and who will help you and you will help them grow each other's business. Go to BEC2021.com, sign up for the Best Ever Conference, and enter the code MYBEC10, and you'll get a 10% off on top of the lowest price, which is today, because the prices go up each week. BEC2021.com. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com.